Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we're continuing with the I Dare You series. You know, it's great to, to challenge yourself physically, isn't it? To, um, to take on a bit of a dare from time to time. I remember the, the first time that I went gorge walking. Is Paul here tonight? No. Uh, right. Uh, Paul will remember this. It was, on a, it was at a, a COC men's conference. And um, gorge walking um, sounds, sounds very tame, doesn't it? It sounds like a, a stroll by the river. Uh, well, if you've ever been gorge walking, you'll know it's, it's um, not a stroll by the river. It starts off with a stroll in the river, and um, then it, it escalates from there. You were there too, weren't you, Brian? Yeah. And um, on this particular day, we start heading up the river, and we, we come to the first rock. And um, the first rock, I think, was, was just about this sort of height, and um, you had to go up it and jump into the water, no problem at all. So we, we swim, scramble a bit further up the river, and we come to the, to the second rock. Second rock was a bit more of a challenge. It's probably um, up at the height of the ceiling here, or, or maybe a little bit more. And um, you sort of think twice when you get to the edge um, before you jump into the water. Um, but um, you only hesitate for, for a fraction of a second. But then we reach the, the third rock. And um, the third rock is about, I think, 10 meters above the, the water level. And um, I got to the edge and I looked down and a battle began between my feet and my brain, um, my brain's saying, you've got to jump. And my feet are saying, we don't want to jump. <laughs> and so I, um, I start to, to buy a bit of time. I ask the, um, the instructor some questions. Uh, where, where exactly should I try to land? Um, how exactly should I have my hands and feet uh, as we jump? So um, that buys me a few seconds. But then I'm back standing on the edge, and the battle is on. But I'm determined to rise to the challenge. I'm, I'm daring myself uh, to make that jump. And after what seemed an eternity, suddenly my feet decide to obey my brain, and I jump. And you know, once you jump, the, um, the, the decision's over, that battle is over, and um, you're simply on the way down, enjoying the journey. And it's like that with, with any challenge, with any dare, isn't it? There comes a point of no return where you've made the decision and you're 100% committed. But it's, it's before that point that the battle is on. It's before that point that we think, will I take the challenge or will I not? Will I um, grab hold of the dare or will I not? And tonight's dare is this. I dare you to fail. And there's no, <laughs> no cheer, no um, cries of amen. And, uh, just before you start sending texts off to Pastor Kevin and um, saying Owen's preaching heresy, let, let me make it clear. 
I believe in success. I believe in victory. And so does God. And Jesus won a tremendous victory for each of us on the cross. And as a result of that victory, sin no longer rules our lives. And the power of death to take us for eternity is forever broken. But we need to realize that we remain imperfect people. And imperfect people make mistakes. And the reason I want to dare you to fail is that if you're failing at something, you must be trying something. And if you're trying something, then there's a hope for success next time. And we need to understand failure. We need to understand failure for our own lives. And we need to understand failure in other people's lives and be ready to respond positively to it. Because if you're human, you are going to mess things up. You can probably all look back on your lives at things that you've messed up. I I know I can. One that um, sprung to mind when I was preparing this message was um, 25 years ago, I was um, on holiday in France. I was walking through the streets of Lyon um, when I realized I'm in quite urgent need of a toilet. Um, Now, strange city. Um, I'm not entirely sure where I am. I'm not right in the city center. Um, I don't know how French public toilets work anyway or, or how to find them. So I start scanning around as I walk. And um, after about five minutes, I see the golden arches. Now, if you, if you know me at all, you'll know I'm not a big fan of McDonald's. But um, on this occasion... Um, I think, aha, McDonald's equals toilets. So I, I head straight there. And um, the toilets are upstairs. Um, so I rush upstairs. The, the McDonald's is pretty um, empty. And um, when I get upstairs, there's absolutely nobody up there. Um, there are two toilet doors at the top, um, neither of which say anything on them. They don't have any um, signs indicating men or women or anything. Um, and um, I'm in a bit of a hurry, so I don't spend much time investigating. <laughs> I, I stick my head around one of the doors, and it, um, it's empty, and um, I head for a cubicle. If I had... Um, paused for a moment. I might have wondered why there weren't any urinals there. But, um, you know, if, if I had, I might just have thought maybe French do it differently. Uh, anyway, no sooner am I in the, the cubicle than I hear some ladies' voices outside. And I realize my mistake. So I decide to um, avoid embarrassment that I will just stay there until they've gone. The, the restaurant's pretty empty. There was nobody else upstairs. Uh, surely I won't have to wait very long um, before they go away. So I wait, and I wait, and I wait. <laughs> and they, um, the noises of conversation don't get um, quieter. They get louder. They build up. Um, it sounds like the, the population of the upper floor is increasing. <laughs> So I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and eventually I realize they are not going to go away. I'm going to have to make a run for it. (laughs) And so I summon up my courage, 
knock back the lock and get out as fast as I can, hoping that, um, that the, the ladies will barely notice as, as I um, whisk out the door. But what I find is there is a queue of ladies <laughs> that is stretching, not just around the, the toilets themselves, but out into the corridor and down part of the stairs. <laughs> and I have to walk red-faced past every single one of them. And, you know, at times like that, you just want the ground to open up and swallow you because you know you've made a mistake. You know you've failed. Fortunately, I have never seen any one of those women again. <laughs> but, you know, many times we mess up. We're in front of our friends. We're in front of our our church, and we cringe, and we think, what are people going to think of me? But, you know, we need to realize, both when we mess up and when other people mess up, we are human. And we need to get comfortable with, the, uh, with that idea, because if we expect never to fail, we will still fail, but our failure will bring us down. Our failure will take us out of the race. Our failure will take us out of the adventure. Failure is a certainty. But the thing which is uncertain is what you will do after you fail. How will you respond? It's our response to failure which will determine whether the final outcome is bad or good. And once we realize this, rather than thinking, when I get really close to God, I'm not going to fail anymore. Rather than thinking that, We'll be encouraged when we fail because it's an opportunity to learn, it's an opportunity to change, and it's an opportunity to have another go. We need to face the reality of a future filled with failure. That's not negativity, but it's something which will set us free. You know, when a one-year-old takes a step and falls over, we don't say, you're a failure. We celebrate because we know it's the start of a process. And after... After many, many, many falls, that child will master the process of walking and will see success. Because that child knows instinctively that learning from failure is the route to success. But when did you stop getting up? Failure is a necessary part of that process of growth to the next level. And if you're not experiencing failure, it's not because you're an amazing, brilliant person. It's because you've chosen to live safe, to stay in a box instead of stepping out on the adventure God has for you. The Bible says this in James 3 and verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check. And of course, what this scripture is saying is that none of us is perfect. But that's no reason not to change. And James goes on in, in the rest of chapter 3 to encourage us to do exactly that. We need a different outlook. We need the outlook of, today, I'm going to stumble. But I'm going to choose when I stumble to respond positively. I'm going to choose when I stumble to get up again and have another go. 
It's not the fact we stumble that's important, but it's the fact that God's grace is there to pick us up when we do stumble. It's according to his ability, not ours. We live by the grace of God. If you're a human, and I think most of us are, then failure is a certainty. But what we need to watch is that the enemy doesn't keep us in that place of failure. We need to get rid of the, of the thought that God can't be in it if I fail. While I live here in human form, I am going to fail. And that doesn't stop God's process, God's plan for my life or for yours. If we, if we think God's not in it when I fail, then we're going to be led by circumstances. We're going to be led by our own weaknesses instead of by the hand of God. God expects us to mess things up. God expects us to stumble. And he has a plan to get us out of that and to take us on to the next stage of the adventure. We have to embrace failure to move forward. This is a church that, that keeps things real. This is a church where we can be honest with another. And that is a great thing. That is a valuable thing. It's a, it's a church in which we can say, I failed, but by God's grace, I'm going to get up and I'm going to try again. And, you know, in those terms, we need to celebrate failure because failure can be the launch pad to our next success. When things go wrong, we have a choice to make. We can either remain in that failure or allow it to become a springboard to a better future. At every junction point in our lives, there are two plans that are available. Satan has a plan. And remember, Satan, as far as we know, is the first created being who failed. And his plan is to catch hold of our failure and make us captive by it, to build a pattern of failure into our lives so that we never expect to get out of it, so that we never expect to succeed. But God also has a plan. God allows failure in our our lives. He knows it's a part of our very existence. But he has a plan to use it to build something great. And what he's speaking into our lives is something like this. Sometimes you've got to break down before you break through. The Bible says that love never fails, but everything else does from time to time. There is imperfection in our lives, and it's when we recognize this and learn how to deal with it that we will see success. Failure's not the end. It's not nearly the end. It's not the beginning of the end. It has nothing to do with the end. It's simply a fact of life. And when we understand that, then failure will no longer be a disaster, but it will be a platform for breakthrough. If we handle it correctly, it will help to mold us in the image of who God is, to increase our dependence on him, to, um, to prepare us better for what God has for us in life. Proverbs 24.16 says this, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. What this passage is saying is something like this. Everybody falls. 
But if you know God, you can rise up when you do fall because you've learned to put failure in its proper place. But if you don't know God, failure may well wipe you out. Failure is a junction at which you choose your road. Will you continue down the route that God set you on? Or will you choose a different road? The road of, I tried that and it didn't work. The road of, I did that before, but I got hurt. The road of, I need to stay in my safety zone. I need to stay behind this wall because then I won't fail. But you know, if we don't go beyond that wall, we may not fail, but we will not see success either. We need to stop looking back at the past, except as a, as a learning experience. We need to stop thinking about things that happened 20 years ago and saying, I wish I did that, or I wish I didn't do that. I met a man once uh, some time ago who, who told me a story about, about a failure in his life, or he said it was a failure anyway. It didn't sound like a failure to me. He had made a difficult choice. Uh, which had essentially been to put his family before his career. And um, to me, that seemed like a good option. To his mind, it was a failure. And he had allowed that thing to rule over his life ever since. He told me, I just don't think I can ever get over it. What God says when we get to a point like that is put it under the blood and walk away from it. Stop fearing the future. You see, our past, failure, our past failure will control us today if we allow it to. But God has another option, that we break free from the failure of the past and enter into a new future. I can't change yesterday, but I can decide whether or not to keep yesterday's failure alive. If I allow it to live on, it will rob my today. Pastor Paul de Jong tells about how he took the, the staff of his church on a, um, a motocross day. And um, his son Luke had never done this before. And at every corner of the course, he came flying off over the handlebars and ended up in a gorse bush. I have no doubt that if I tried motocross, then I would end up in the same place. And... After this happened several times, Paul found Luke lying on the ground, thumping the earth, saying, I should be able to do it. But you know what happened? An experienced motorcycle rider came, ac came across, gave him some advice, and he tried again and, and succeeded. And you know, some of us are pounding the ground rather than realizing we've got to fall off many times before we become great. We need to choose for failure to propel us forward. Failure is a season which should take us somewhere. Before Kate and I planted the church in Inverness, we ran an outreach in a town called Troon, which is just up the, the coast from there. And we ran the outreach for 10 weeks. And... For eight of those weeks, nobody came to the outreach apart from the, the church people. To all intents and purposes, it was a failure. And 
I could have allowed that to impact our future. I could have allowed that to say there's no point in me moving to Inverness to start a church because nobody's going to come. But instead, I looked at the situation and thought, why did people not come? And the answer was, was actually pretty clear. The answer was the venue we had chosen was this um, old school which sat in its own grounds and um, great grass playing fields, um, quite central in the town, but you wouldn't walk there at night. And this was winter and it was dark. You wouldn't walk there. So unless someone was motivated enough to, to get in their car and drive to that place, then they were never going to come to our meetings. I chose to learn from that experience that when we launch in Inverness, uh, we need a city center location that is easily accessible. And God opened the door to provide that in the Mercure Hotel. And the amazing thing is that God has provided us a building that is just 100 meters um, from the same location. You know, with, failure is painful. And I don't like the pain any better than you do. But at times of failure, we need to stop hitting the ground and get back on the bike. God knows we will fail. But he's given us the resources to get up again and succeed next time. I love this quotation from Roosevelt. This is what he said. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes short again and again because there is no effort without error or shortcoming but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself for a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. You know, Roosevelt wrote that in 1910 in a secular context, but I really believe that is very apt today, more than 100 years later, in a church context. There is something about modern culture, and I'm afraid this sneaks into church sometimes as well, that is, that is more content to point the finger at people having a go and failing than to get into the arena than to go on the adventure, than um, to take up the challenge that God puts before us uh, ourselves. We need instead to attempt great things for God, knowing that from time to time we will fail. God has an answer. He offers to make our failure the start of a route to victory. We need to learn to see failure not as an enemy, but as potentially one of our greatest friends taking us to the next level. And I'm not talking now about failure as in committing sin, but failure as in 
making a mistake in, in our plans. Failure as in attempting something for God and it all goes pear-shaped. Failure is in trying to do something and it just doesn't work out as we'd planned and comes crashing down around our ears. Failure is part of the journey. We're all going to make mistakes. Let's embrace that. We shouldn't fear failure. Fear of failure is much worse than failure itself. It should be part of the learning curve. In its first year of operations, Coca-Cola only sold 400 bottles. What would have happened if they'd given up at the end of that year? Henry Ford had two bankruptcies before his success in building cars. When we respond correctly, failure can be a stepping stone towards destiny. And you can overcome failure by having a go and then having another go, and then having another go, and then having another go. The devil wants to use failure to keep us down, and he succeeds when we don't make the attempt. So it's time to stop living so safely. It's time to have another go. And then we'll be in a place where failure is no longer lord over us, but a stepping stone to the next level of breakthrough. Sometimes we have a bit of a romantic picture of characters in the Bible, as these amazing heroes. But but think for a minute about the 12 apostles. Or the 11 apostles, if you like. One was certainly a failure, wasn't he? (laughs) 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 But think about the 11. We maybe think of them as the most wonderful guys on earth. After three years with Jesus, James and John had so much pride that they thought they were the greatest. Peter, who had pledged his undying loyalty, cursed and denied Jesus. Thomas doubted whether Jesus could do what he said he would do. Many, the reality is many would have written these guys off completely. But God said, I'm going to do something with these guys. Because I need somebody with a spirit that is going to have a go. And just a few short weeks after those, those tremendous failures, those four guys with the, the other disciples were out there on the streets of Jerusalem preaching the gospel, seeing miracles, seeing thousands upon thousands of people coming to God. That's what happens when we have another go. Failure will imprison us unless we're going to make another attempt. Churchill said, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. (laughs) Robert Kennedy said, only those who dare to fail greatly can ever achieve greatly. So have a go. Until we begin to risk failure in the natural, we won't experience much of the supernatural. Because God responds to faith. And taking risks... Stepping out, that's the expression of our faith. To move up to the next level in God, we need to take a risk. Psalm 37, verse 23. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds them 
with his hand. And so, I dare you to fail. Not because failure is something great in itself, but because if you're failing, it means you're attempting something difficult. And if you're attempting something difficult for God, you're setting yourself up for a great adventure and ultimately for a great victory in Him. So dare to fail. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.